Um, how many people got to see Spillman today? Who got to see Spillman? Was that awesome? Man, now that was awesome. I was just looking at that dude, and I was like, now that is how to be a man in God. That is how to be a leader, like for other people, for your family. And boy, it really hit both to me and to my wife, that scripture that he quoted from 1 Corinthians uh, 16, verse 13, 16, 13. I, I did double check this, John, but I appreciate you keeping me honest. Um, be on guard. I love that. He's saying, you know, don't be asleep at the wheel. All right. Be vigilant. Um, you know, where it talks about standing firm in your faith. And he shares that heartbreaking ordeal that his family went through. And all the questions that they were having, all the questions that he was having. And when it finally clicked, you know, when he talked about his wife saying, hey, look back at all the help and all the blessings and quit looking forward and just expecting things just to magically just be okay. It is okay. We do have grace. He talks about being strong and being brave. You know, I think about the things that I want to impart, you know, onto my own uh, children. And I want them to be strong and I want them to be brave. But then that last part is what really brought together, you know, be loving in everything you do. I was like, that is so true. If you can do that in life, you know, if you can just do your best to be strong and brave, but do it with love, I mean, how can you mess that up? And I just thought, I don't know, like, I, I took a lot from what he said, but I thought that particular verse, it really hit home with me, really hit home with my wife. We both talked about it a little bit, you know, went to the new Panera and uh, <laughs> let the kids kind of run amok, and we just talked about how that one hit home. Last week was great. Uh, at our table, you know, we really took advantage of that. Hey, what are we excited about? What are we worried about? It was interesting to see and to hear and to share how sometimes those are just two sides of the same coin of what we're excited and what we're worried about. So I'm looking forward to another week of you know, time here with these great, great men. Um, I, I will say I've even gotten to the point where I no longer have to uh, ask God to try and help Ken. I feel like he's got it. Right? I feel like he's got it. So with that, I'll lead us in a quick prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful day, these wonderful men, and this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for letting us hear that message today that you shared with us. And help us do just what you, just what you tell us to do. To be on guard, to be firm in our faith, to be strong, to be brave and be loving in everything we do. We give you the glory. We pray in your name. Amen. Man, thanks a bunch, brother. It is, uh, it is crazy cool to be here with you guys. I flew and I did not get to hear this morning. But as I hear him sharing about it, let me just encourage you that I think there's certain God moments that happen. And um, if anything I share tonight parallels or echoes what was shared this morning, realize I have no idea what you heard this morning. And uh, sometimes God just echoes that for us to go, hey, take note of this. This is, this is big and this is me speaking through, through these people. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about tonight. We start with a healing idea. And uh, I want to start where we kind of left off last week and I want to start the same way. 
But I want to take it a step further. Last week we started off with a wee time and the stories. So this week, if you read any of the stories, here's what I want to do. I want to go around the tables. Anything that stuck out to you in one of the stories, I want you to share that. Hey, this, this one line really stuck out to me. And um, I'll give you one that really got me was um, in the first story, the gentleman was talking about how he, there was an absence of a, a masculinity in his life. And uh, one of the quotes I shared last week, without a clear definition of manhood, a boy will settle for any role model. And later on, after God had really kind of gotten a hold of his heart uh, through jail, he said, Jesus the carpenter was much better to follow than James the bartender. And uh, it, just, it just really kind of tied his story together, which was really cool. Um, on the middle one, the John one, he just uh, really went into somewhere in our society has taught us to detach from our heart or our emotions. And, uh, and, and that's really where life is. And we'll dive into that a little bit with the wounds. But I want you to share anything that you learned off of that. But what I really probably even priority over that is go around the circle. If you weren't here last week, we just did what, we, what I call a we time. And that was this week. As you look forward, what, what, what are you kind of worried about? Not worried from an anxiety standpoint, but where does your mind go when you're in your car by yourself? And what are you thinking about? And that's the worry side. And then what are you excited about? And tonight what I want to do is I want to do both ends of that. One, if you weren't here and you can't think back, I want you to think this week. What's on your, what's on your calendar this week? What are you looking forward to? Um, what are you worried about? What are you excited about? And I want to give, if you were here last week, I want you to give a quick report. How did last week go? Was there any progress in that area of worry? Was there any uh, culmination of the excitement? And I'll give you an example of that. Last week, um, I was just really run down. Um, I've been going really hard all through February, and I was like, you know what? It's not worry. I'm just tired. And I had a couple days to catch up a little bit, which was great. And then um, I've been looking forward to, for the last three weeks, getting to go see my oldest son uh, at the University of Georgia, and we get to have dinner with him. And <laughs> I said, bring... All the friends you want. If he brought 14 friends to dinner, and uh, I absolutely loved every second of it, and uh, it was just a blast. Went to a ball game, and it was just like incredible, and it was what I'd hoped it would be. So around your tables, what's going on in your life? Share what am I worried, what am I excited, anything you got out of the, uh, the stories, and you got about 10 minutes on that, so uh, you're going to give a quick report, and then we can expand on that when we get to the questions at the end. So go ahead and uh, jump into that. And uh, we'll get started. Guys, let's go ahead and get, get rocking here. I absolutely love the conversation. And as we dive into tonight, if you've got your books, go ahead and open to page 74. We're going to start on the healing part of this on page 74. I want to plant a seed for the end of this time. Uh, we've got two more weeks after this, and, and man, I, like I said the last couple weeks, this is a breath of fresh air to me, just to be around you guys. I mean, just to hear you guys talk. I think I grow a chest hair every time I hear you guys, just, just the reverb from it is just exciting and awesome. Um, but at the same time, this should be something we regularly do, uh, maybe not in groups around tables. But let me strongly encourage you, maybe even develop before we end this, just go, hey, um, make it a point to take the initiative and connect with a couple guys and say, you know what, why, why don't we get breakfast once a month or every other week or so, or maybe get lunch or something. And, and it, there's a little bit of a fear, like, what are we going to talk about? Man, you could spend the whole time, just go, hey, tell me about your dad growing up. What was that like? Tell me about, 
I mean, you can just talk about anything and everything. What are you learning right now? You can talk about nothing and talk about everything, but there's just something powerful when we get together with another believer um, that, that we can bounce things off of because at some point something will pop up and then you start getting real and it's just, it's just a good time. So if you like this time, you will love doing that as well. I just wanted to plant that seed. Before we get into the healing part, one, I love this material, but one piece that as I went through this week that I felt was really lacking was the fact that God is the ultimate healer. We can hit it head on, we can face it, we can identify it, we can do all we can do. But if we're not letting Christ do that in us, and, I, and there's just a couple verses that, that have become really special to me in this, in this regard. In Psalm, in Psalm 16, it basically says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even as I sleep, my heart teaches me. And I have placed the Lord ever before me. And I've placed him at my right hand. And because of this, I will never be shaken. And, and I don't know what the past few weeks have been for you. For me, it's identified a couple patterns that I didn't realize were there, which is great. But it, it really explained it. It didn't excuse it. And uh, I'm going to go through all these. I'm going to leave them up here. If you've got a camera on your phone, just take a picture at the end. And you can look at all of them. Um, that's going to be really cool. Uh, the other one is Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And, that, and that's one of the verses I went back to over and over as I dealt with and played through in my mind. And we'll look at a couple pieces here with my father. Uh, my dad was just very uh, emotionally distant, uh, never really engaged. I shared, I think it was week one, that I heard him say, I'm proud of you one time. Never heard I love you, never heard you're great at something, just I was, I'm proud of you. It was the day I graduated from college, and I'll never forget the moment. But because of that, it kind of scared me. And when I came across this verse, I'm like, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that when I get married and have kids. And God really just assured my heart, Ken, when I'm in your life, you're not condemned. You're not condemned to repeat a behavior. You're not condemned to live under that. You're free. And uh, that's what God does. He heals those places. He is the father to the fatherless. And anywhere we fall short. And then this past week, in one of my times, James 2.12 just really hit me hard. It was just like, act and speak as one who's going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. It, it, we're free. And he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. So you're free. You're free. As we talk about these pieces, um, you're free to hit them head on. You're free to engage them. You're free from any patterns that go on. But that's, that's the power that God does and that he plays in our lives. And uh, I'm going to share a couple of the other verses uh, towards the end. But here's the deal. On page 74, it's, it's really just a challenge and a, some practical advice to help us deal with what we've been talking about the last three weeks. There's five guidelines that are shared for dealing with these wounds. Uh, I really love the first one. If you've been wounded by a mom or dad, you've got to choose to deal with this wound responsibly. It's my responsibility. Uh, I, I can't waller in it. I'm not a victim. I don't need to avoid it or ignore it, which is which is my mode of operation. And I've come to the point where I realize this explains some parts of my, my life and my personality. It does not excuse it. I've got to own it. So responsibility is huge. Regardless of the mom and dad role in the situation, the burden ultimately falls on me to resolve the situation in my own life. And I'm very thankful that I've seen God heal that and turn that. Uh, one of the pieces I craved was just validation and encouragement. 
And I've seen God totally heal that to the other extreme where I just, I have a passion to encourage. And I, I love that that's an evidence of God doing that to me. Number two, if you've been wounded by mom or dad, you should begin the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness. When we don't do that, and I don't know if I shared this example, a buddy of mine shared it. He says, the lack of forgiveness is like swallowing poison, hoping the other person dies. It, it, the, the person it affects is me. If I'm not willing to forgive, deal with it head on, it's affecting me more than anybody else. It's okay to acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge, yeah, that hurt. Yeah, I wish that was different. But ultimately say, you know what? I'm going to decide to no longer exact that punishment. And I'm going to let go of that. Third, if we have negatively been impacted by mom or dad, share your story with some trustworthy men. I can tell you some of the greatest healing in my life was over a breakfast or lunch with guys, um, usually one-on-one. And the topic of dad came up. And I was just, I didn't realize how much I just needed to get it out. And I wasn't bashing my dad. I just said, hey, you know, he he didn't grow up with a father. His father died at 12. And he's more of an engineer personality. And and, and I just shared some pieces. And uh, I did that with my wife as well, which is actually uh, the next one. If you're married, you've got unresolved issues from your past. Tell your wife if you're married. Um I remember sharing pieces and my wife literally just stopped me. And I remember this happening multiple times in the first several years we were married. She said, that's not normal. You know, that's not normal. And I said, well, you know, it was kind of my normal. And then she just, I mean, just spoke into me in a way that healed my heart that I was totally unexpected. She just said, you're not like that. That's not you. And I'm like, wow. Thanks. You know, and I didn't realize how much I needed that validation from her. So that's another great one. And then finally, if there's unresolved issues with par- with a parent, this may mean that you need to have a direct but respectful conversation with mom or dad. It may mean that we need to have a conversation and uh, do that. So with the, the next section there, direct conversations, I want to give a little bit of encouragement and insight there. One, if your son wounded by a dad, consider seeking direct reconciliation with your father because he's not going to come to you it's 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 in the past it's over um i've never heard of a situation where the dad came later and just had an epiphany and said hey i need to deal with that i've heard of hundreds of stories where guys uh took that respectful but direct approach with their dad um the second the dot there you have to be the one to take initiative I remember after college, one of my goals was just so driven, and I didn't know where it came from. Um, I was in sales and marketing with a Fortune 500 growth company, and my dad was an aeronautical engineer. He did really well, but one of my goals was to make more than my father, and I was just driven, and I was told I wouldn't be any good at it, and I was just driven, and I finally reached that pinnacle, and I realized there was still something missing, and I knew the Lord at the time. I was walking with Christ, but and, and I had several people going, hey, man. From what you're telling me, you have some unresolved issues with your dad. You need to have a talk with your dad. And I'm like, okay. And I heard it independently enough where I'm like, all right. So I, I asked my dad, hey, can we have lunch one day? And, and he, he said, well, I'm really busy and I don't get off for lunch very often. But, and I just kept at him and finally he says, yeah, well, I, I can meet you just off the, 
the uh, the base there. He worked for Lockheed, and uh, so we we met for luncheon. And he never he didn't really even initiate. And I said, you know, I just feel like there's some unresolved things here. And he says, like what? And so I named one or two. He's like, huh, okay, and that was it. There was no resolution. There was no owning. There was nothing, and it never happened, never. And yet, I felt like okay, I, I tried. And I, and I did the best I could, and I tried to articulate, and, and I was met with this complete neutral, huh, oh, all right. And that was it. So here's the deal. It may not have resolution. It may not have the give your dad a hug, he hugs you, he cries, he loves you, and hey, I'm proud of you, and this, it, it may not happen. But I'll say this, from having that experience, it was very uh, uh, what's medicinal to my heart that I, I took that step, Okay, well, I've done what I can do. And it really didn't change his behavior or his personality or even how he would treat several things for, with me moving forward. But I, I took that step. You can't control his response. His response is not what matters. It's, it's taking that initiative. I can't control that response. Number two, if you have an unresolved issue with mom, you must create a strategy for making a clean break for mom and for creating a new normal in how you relate to her. Um, that's going to be a great piece. I don't really have a whole lot of that with my mom. There's some pieces there that I've had to, to process and deal with and figure out how to relate. But that's a, that's a great new normal is good. And the next one, you need to identify the specific issue that you're dealing with? Is it with your kids and her there with a wife, with another relationships? And then finally, we need to create and enforce healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries. We need to set those, make them clear, and, and move forward. Uh, and, and I would say that was with both dads and moms. For me, that popped up with uh, my kids. Um, I'd, I'd shared in week one just that my dad would always find, and out of, out of his perfectionist uh, engineering mind, nothing was ever good enough, ever. Um, I literally had one game in Little League where I hit two home runs, I had a ground rule double, and I pitched a one-hitter. And he never said, good job, way to go. He's like, you know what, um, you, you need to work on this on your grounding or whatever. And there's no acknowledgement at all, and I'm just like, okay. And that was my normal. But at the same time, those boundaries... Those boundaries popped up when my boys started playing Little League. And my dad one day was behind the screen, and he was yelling at them. And they were in Little League. And I, I had to pull him aside. And I said, listen, if, if, if you ever say a negative word to one of my boys again, you will never see another game of theirs, ever. And I don't know how to make that any clearer. Is that clear? I said, I, I get it. I took it. But you're not going to do that to my sons. And he said, oh, oh okay. All right, he said, uh, and it never apologized, just, oh, I, I didn't know that's not what you're supposed to do. So to draw those boundaries are critical. And my wife uh, was very turned on by that, so I got a benefit from that. Um, and uh, here's, here's the deal, and I love this next part that he did. At the bottom of there, guidelines for dads. If you're a dad, it's never too late to close the gap with a son. Uh, tell them the obvious. If you look on that next page, 
You can't change the past. And I've told my boys over and over and over, you know what? I'm not perfect. This is the first time I'm a dad. But I'm going to do my best. And if there's ever anything that you feel like is a wedge between us, tell me. Because I want to own it. I have blind spots. But just know my heart is right. And I believe with all my heart, uh, and if we take that approach, if we have that relationship, and my wife has been an absolute champion of reminding me this over and over and over. She says, when you, when you have a relationship and they know you love them, then you can, you can make the mistakes. Love covers a multitude of mistakes, and it's okay to, to go down that road. Uh, but here's the essentials. I love this essentials. And I would just say circle maybe the ones that you know you have that you know you do. Uh, perhaps your son still needs to hear from you these three essentials. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're good at, and then you fill in the blank. I'm so glad. That was such a great validation, a reminder for me, because I got to see my two oldest sons this past couple weeks. And I realized, man, I I always love telling them, man, I really love you. And man, I'm so proud. I'm so impressed with where you are and what you're doing. But that last one, I realized that I wasn't doing that on a regular basis. I'm like, man, and I need to point it out. It's so obvious to me that one of them's just got this incredible personality. We call him a golden retriever trapped in a human body. He's just, he's just the nicest guy, and people love to be around him. The other one is so focused and is just so independent, but is just so right on target. And I, I need to verbalize that for them over and over. So it was a great reminder for me in that sense. Um, but the bottom line in John fifteen twelve. Jesus gives us the, the ultimate commandment. He says, this, this is my new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. That's it. If we forget everything else and we have that one line, you know what? I need to love because as Jesus loved me with all my warts, all my faults, and he just loves me over and over. And I've learned this one over time, though, as a dad, and then we'll jump into some of the reflection. Uh, 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. It became, it's, it's one thing when you get a, a truth and you agree with it with your head. It's another when you have to go through it with your life. It says, just rejoice always, pray continually, and everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in every, search, in every situation. Well, what happens when the situation is not what you want? What happens when the situation is tragically bad? Um, and I wanted to just share a brief version of that, both as a dad uh, and as a husband, that we went through that. My daughter is a freshman in high school. We got, I got to see her play this past Friday night, and I got to clean up and uh, be a stagehand afterwards, uh, which is great. Uh, just loved it. But it just reminded me that every time I'm with just her, it throws me back. When my daughter was three, almost four years old, she was diagnosed with cancer. And you can imagine as a dad, you just feel helpless. And I now spend time with other dads going through it to just say, hey, I know where you are because you just want to fix it and you can't. And it, it leaves you feeling helpless. And so when this verse says, be joyful always, pray continually. Well, I prayed continually and I prayed continually that God would help her and heal her. But there were several times in the middle of the night, we were on average in the ER three times a week for the first eight, nine months because of complications. And that, it just drains you. 
And I'll never forget one night. It was the third time that week we were going to the ER. She ran a fever and you got to take them because they have a line into their heart through their port that if there's an infection that can literally wipe them out in 24 hours. And it just emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually exhausted. And I remember just praying in my mind and it wasn't a flowery prayer. I'm like, God, what do you want? What, what do you want to hear me pray again? What do you want? And it was very frustrating. And, and as I prayed through that, I hear her in the back seat crying. And this was the, this was the, the bottom of the valley because she's three years old at the time. I'm like, baby, you okay? And she, she knew where we were going. And she just said, Daddy, I don't want to go there. And I knew they're going to access her port, which means they're going to stick a needle in her chest and they're going to run tests. And, and how do you tell a three-year-old, we have to do this? If we don't do this, you got a 20% chance. If we make it through this, you get an 85, 90% chance. And I'm going, how do you explain that to a three-year-old? You can't. And, and it just broke my heart. And as we went through that, I'm holding her in the lobby that night. I'm just holding her and frustrated. And I, and I, I do say this to especially men. Um, if you've ever been in one of those points, I, I tell people, you haven't really been totally honest with God until you've cussed in a prayer. That's when you know you're there. And I remember just, in my mind and I'm holding my daughter and she's finally just relaxed in my arms sitting in this hospital waiting room. And I just sense God whisper in my heart, Ken, he said, you're not going to understand this. Stop trying. He said, but just let me hold you. And I would say this as we go into these questions, letting God hold us in the middle of this. He wants to heal us. He wants to take us through it. But I was so impressed with my wife. It says in everything, give thanks. How do you give thanks for that out of just sheer obedience? On the way home from the hospital, she had, she had lived in the hospital for three days when she was first diagnosed. And I said, go, go home. Just take a shower. Change your clothes. Do whatever you need for a minute. And as she was going home, she did not tell me this till later. She said, Ken, I got off of 285 on 75. And she said, I just pulled over because I couldn't see. I was crying so hard I couldn't see. And I pulled over the side of the road and I just said, God, I don't know how to do this, but thank you. Thank you for this. I I don't understand why and how I'm supposed to, but as best I can, I thank you for this. And she would tell us later because the silver lining that came out of that was amazing on so many levels. And to this day, I do not understand why my daughter had to go through that. I don't. And it was heart-wrenching. But I know my boys, who were eight and nine at the time, are more sensitive to little kids and more sensitive to adults and are more aware than any other kid I know their age. They're just incredible. I know my daughter and I had this unbelievably tight relationship because every week when I'd take her to clinic, I would do everything she had to do that I could do. Now, I didn't do the needles, but if she couldn't eat, I didn't eat. If she had to do something, I would do it. And she knew, I'm right there with you. And afterwards, we'd always, I'd say, where do you want to eat? Because we're done with this, let's go eat. She loved to go to Waffle's house. And let's go to Waffle's house then. And that little stinker, when she was on Cuba, she could eat like the three egg steak and hash brown. She could eat it by herself at four years old. Because she was just ravaged. And, and we would blow straw paper at each other. And we'd make up games. And we'd just hang out. And we did that. Every week for two years, two months, and two days. 
And I'll never forget that time. And we have a bond that's just unbelievable. And sometimes I don't think we're going to understand what to be thankful for until the other side. And that's the same way with that, that part of our dads and our moms. God, thank you for that. Thank you for that because of what you healed me from. Thank you for what you showed me that I don't want to be. Thank you that you gave me the strength not to do that. I don't know what it is for each of us individually, but I know that's there. So here's the deal. The last one there, wounding your son to some degree is unavoidable. It's unavoidable. And we, and we need to realize, you know what? Just have the right heart. Love one another as Christ loved us. And don't feel we're not condemned to do it and, and live and act as we're going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because mercy rules. Mercy rules over judgment. So with that, look at these questions here. Um, there's some really good ones for discussion. But realize this. As I've gone through them, especially on that second one, it asks, uh, do you need to have a respectful, direct conversation with your dad? Do you need to establish some boundaries with your mom? Discuss. And I'm thinking, no and no. Somebody else is going to have to discuss. But here's the deal. Uh, there's a great verse where the, that Paul wrote, and he said, Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Some of these questions, you're going to be like, man, that's where I need to put in. And some of these questions are going to be like, man, I need to listen, give a little bit of insight or just be here and validate. Okay. So on these, the healing is going to be in this discussion time. Hit those three questions and we've got about 20 minutes for that. So uh, hit those three questions as best you can. If you got some time at the end, you can finish up the wee time. Does that make sense? Ready, go. Let's go ahead and wrap it up tonight. I hope you got some uh, good notes from there, and we're gonna have you're gonna have a few minutes to linger if you'd like to. One of my favorite verses from the last time that we did this was Ephesians 4.2, and it's a great verse going into any time we're spending time with other guys, and that is it be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that's a great um, example of relating to people. If you got a second, turn open to page 78 and 79. I just want to read these. These are basically just like there's physical wounds um, that are, if left untreated, will fester. That's kind of what we're talking about here. If we don't identify and deal with uh, emotional wounds like this, I love the two parts that he brings here. A man who hasn't healed and one who has healed. And I'm going to read these out loud. And I just want you to just put a check mark by any of those that you think, well, maybe that's me or maybe not. But if it just kind of rings true of you, put a check mark by them. I'm going to read both lists. A man who hasn't has not been healed. Unable to fully live in the present because part of his soul remains rooted in the past. Easily angered. His anger spills over onto others who aren't the real cause or source of his wounds. May have difficulty expanding, extending genuine forgiveness to others in spite of a sincere, sincere, desire, sincere desire. That was easy to say. Yeah, exactly. To do so. Questions his self-worth. Lacks confidence blames himself for conflicts or failures that may have had little or nothing to do with him, 
may struggle or trust or experience intimacy with a spouse or those who could be close friends, may subconsciously sabotage relationships to minimize the risk of being wounded by someone else, incapable of living the life of an authentic man God made him to live because his wound continues to fester, perhaps even growing and wounding others. Now, I would just say this. um, I would say probably every one of us has at least one of those. Uh, But if you have three or four, then that's a good indicator. You're like, wait a minute, maybe I need to deal with something here. Inversely, a man who has been healed, he's at peace with his past, able to fully live in the present and move boldly into his future. And again, put checks by any of these that you feel like, yep, that's me. Anger no longer bubbling just beneath the surface. Instead, his wrath is typically reserved for people or situations that merit righteous anger. Capable of exercising real, complete forgiveness and experiencing the benefits of a soul free of maintaining a list of ways, I'm sorry, living a, free of maintaining a list of how he's been wronged, finds his self-worth in his position as an adopted son of God, created, rescued, and valued by the Father, who will never fail or disown him. Capable of intimacy with his spouse and close friends, willing to take the risk of being vulnerable with others, and making himself fully known. Able to recognize and love God as a father. Willing to cede control of his life. To one who knows can be fully trusted. Capable of living a life of an authentic man. God made him to live. Equipped to help others find healing for the wounds in their soul. And again, if, if that would be one where if you checked the majority of them. Or maybe maybe one of those stick out. And you're like, you know what? I I wasn't 100% that one. That's a good one to just kind of pray through and say, God, maybe there's a little healing I need because I want to get there to be fully known. I love the way a friend of mine put it. He says, I want to live with nothing to lose and nothing to hide. And that's that's a great place to live. And with these heels. Well, next week, I'm actually kind of excited about next week because we've dealt with these. There's another wound that uh, it both scares me and excites me to take a look at because... Um, I never really thought of it as one and how to get past that. So we're going to look at that next week, and it is going to be awesome. So feel free to linger around. We've got a couple guys who are going to help tear down some of the tables. But uh, let me wrap us up in a word of prayer. And uh, just thanks for being here, guys. I, I know this is a, a big big commitment, but it's also a big benefit. God, thank you so much for just letting us take an honest look at ourselves and an honest look at how you want us to be functioning in freedom and joy and and healed and lord you you are the author of that so lord thank you for uh just the the openness of these conversations thank you for these men and just where you're taking us to be everything you created us to be so we can experience significance and fulfillment and joy and we thank you for that in christ's name amen because you guys are literally living living the legacy way to go thanks for being here tonight Careful driving home.